Hi, this is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church in Richmond, Texas. Thank you for streaming or downloading this podcast today. I hope this resource blesses you. If you haven't joined us at a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we want you to come. You can find all that information and more at rin-church.org. I pray that you are encouraged today by the proclamation of God's word. Would you welcome back our lead pastor, Chris Kipp, to Renaissance Church? <laughs> Woo! Oh, Come man. on. Thank you so much, guys. Wow. Hey, thank this worship team for leading us in that just anointed time of worship. Um, wow. I, uh, there's a lyric in there um, where it says, things that we thought were dead are breathing in life again. And uh, I kind of got emotional there for a second because uh, I've been in a three-plus-week battle with COVID. I'm one of the rare people that just has a really bad response to it. And I got viral, uh, viral pneumonia down into my lungs, and my body just could not turn the corner. I wound up going to the hospital, spending a couple days there, and... um, Let me tell you, I'm just so thankful to be here with you today, so thankful for your love and your support and your prayers and your messages and meals. Uh, My wife is the hero of the story because she got coronavirus and like kicked it in like two or three days and took care of me as I was just laying in bed half dead and all of our kids and our dog and our cat, which our dog decided to start throwing up for like two days in the middle of all this. You know, it's just like when it rains, it pours. Y'all know the story of life. And uh, so please give her lots of uh, applause and love. And she's, she's so awesome. And if you're a nurse or a doctor, I just want to hug you because you're like angels that uh, God just used so much. Uh, in my life. And so, yeah, I'm just so grateful to be with you guys today and to be here, to be alive. Every breath you have is a gift from God. Do you know that? Right? Uh, Nothing, I'm going off script, but I learned in the middle of this, see, we were singing that song and, uh, you know, my life has been pretty crazy since planting a church, as you can imagine. And it's a mix of passion and fear. And it drives me. I don't want to miss a thing. I love life. I love the kingdom of God. I love the work that we get to do. I love what God's doing in your lives. And that's a passion point for me. And there's a fear part of me that's scared to death that I'm going to miss something or blow something or whatever that drives me. And in the middle of being stuck in bed, it's like I felt like I've been sort of milling around outside of the presence of God, but with all the passion and fear that's been driving me. And there was a moment where my heart just connected with Jesus in a way that I haven't connected with Jesus in a while. And when I sing a song like Jesus, we love you, there's just, there's something new in that for me. Uh, and if you've, if you've never experienced Jesus, maybe you've experienced church, you've experienced a version of Jesus, 
uh, that you were taught about or evangelized with, but you've, if you've not experienced the living, risen, resurrected King of mercy, oh, I just want that so bad for you. And so, uh, man, it's so good to be in the house of God together. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's go back on script here. We're continuing our series called uh, Full. Here's where I want to start with us. You know, we're talking about the full life in Colossians, and Colossians is a book where you, if you just trace the word full or fullness or filled, it's just like all over the place. He's correcting a, a heresy that he calls empty. This is an empty idea. This is empty human philosophy. And he says that you've been given fullness in Jesus and all the fullness of God is in Jesus and, and you've been filled. And so this is what he's talking about. And today he's going to get really practical for us. And I, I just want to start with this idea is that I'm not sure that you believe that this is true. That you can live full in Jesus. Because I'm, I'm like you in that I've been through enough suffering, enough hardship, enough difficulty, that there's part of me that's like, that's not real. And I think we've lowered the bar to survival, if we're honest. We've lowered the bar for the Christian life to I want to survive as long as I can and then hopefully go to heaven because Jesus saved me. I believe that God is raising the bar to revival. I believe that God wants to revive you. If you've been through hardship, if you've been through struggle, if your heart's been broken in a million pieces, I believe that God just wants to breathe fresh breath and give you a vision for fullness that's gonna blow your mind. And it's very, very practical. And it comes out of Colossians chapter three. If you have a copy of the scripture and wanna turn there with me, this is what we're gonna look at. And this is kind of a rubber meets the road part of the, the letter. He's gonna spell out some really like simple things that he wants them to do. And it's, it's a vision of the full life. I'm gonna read this. Uh, Colossians chapter three, verses 12 through 17. It says, since God chose you, that's cool. God chose you to be the holy people he loves. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. That word rule is like 
umpire calling balls and strikes, whatever's coming at you, you're letting the peace of God say, no, no, that's not good, that's good, okay? Rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. 16, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Such a good passage. I, uh, I, I just love the things. I kind of want to walk us through the, the different movements of what Paul gives them as this practical way to live into the fullness of Jesus. And the first thing that I want us to see is that this full life This full life is God's gracious, mysterious plan for you. God made you for this. It's his gracious, mysterious plan for you. Paul uses this word, and this is all over the New Testament. This is all over the words of Paul. This is all over the Old Testament, and it's what I call good theology, And it says that God chose you. God chose you to be holy and blameless, dearly loved. That God chose you. Now, I know if you're a person who understands theology or has read about that and you know the whole like Calvinist, Arminian thing, right? This can be really, really controversial. There's a lot of debate about this because we think, well, did I choose Jesus or did Jesus choose me? You know? And here's the thing is that we see both at work in our experience and we see both at work in scripture, right? God chooses. There's the elect. There's the, the book of life. And whosoever name is written, it will be saved. There's the scriptures that said over and over, when he preached the gospel, those who were elect, those who were chosen, received Christ. As many as who were called. And yet we see that God desires that none would perish. That all would repent and come to a saving knowledge of his mercy and his grace in Jesus. We see both. Uh, Paul says, God chose you. Which means that before you could ever choose him, there was a gracious, mysterious plan already going on that you had no idea. The word that the Bible calls it is predestined. It was a destiny that was pre, pre you pre your choice, pre your life, pre your whatever you've been through was destined for you. Hey friends, I hope you are enjoying this podcast. And if you are, would you consider subscribing or leaving a kind review? It is uh, not only encouraging to us, but it also helps us extend the reach of this great message 
of Jesus that we get to share with you. And uh, this week, due to a glitch in our system, we lost part of this message recording. And at this point in the message, I take this great truth from Colossians 3.12 that God has chosen us, and I apply it specifically to parents who felt that in some way through their imperfections, mistakes, and sins that they have ruined their children beyond God's gracious, mysterious, good, and sovereign plan to save and redeem and renew. And I found that many parents, and perhaps maybe especially you moms out there, have carried around this idea that uh, you've ruined your kids. And as I shared this on Sunday, there was a tangible reaction in the room. Heads began nodding, spouses looking at each other, some uh, weeping and in tears. And this just felt very significant for those in the house and perhaps significant for you. And so I, uh, in the second half, begin with this idea, could this be true? Can you ruin a child beyond God's reach? Check out the second half. Parents, when God sets his sights on your child's heart, you cannot keep him from winning them and wooing them and drawing them and renewing them and making them brand new on the inside. You can't stop it. Because God's gracious, mysterious plan is at work in them. And I don't care if you blew it as a parent. You can't stop God from saving that child. Because he's sovereign. And let me promise you, you don't want a God who's not sovereign. You don't want that pressure. So, good theology is your friend. And you can lay down the heavy yoke and come and learn from the one who's gentle and come into the yoke with Jesus. Know that God's bigger. Some of you, you your story is probably like, man, it was rough. But here I am by the grace of God. So, my friends, it's God's gracious, mysterious plan, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And that's really good news. Amen? Stop shaming yourself. Shame no longer has a place to hide. Stop blaming yourself. Receive God's forgiveness. And here's the thing. We can put ourselves up on the Savior's throne as Christian parents and say, man, if we just read the books and we do all the stuff and we pray every day and we read our Bibles and we try to implement everything, then guess what? We're going to save our kids. We're going to be that one family that just all the kids are amazing. It's going to be awesome and blah, blah, blah. They're probably going to give us a trophy in heaven because we were such good parents. Baloney. Never going to happen. You are imperfect, faulty, broken people, and it's going to happen. It's going to spill out of you, and guess what? God's still bigger. You're not on the Savior's throne. That doesn't glorify him. Amen? That doesn't glorify him. Jesus says, I have chosen you. And that's the final word. So, another way that good theology is your friend 
you've been sharing the gospel with somebody and you kind of, I, th- I think I might have misquoted the Bible when I said that one part. Did I mention the resurrection? I don't remember. And then you're thinking, well, great. If only I had been more prepared when I told them about my faith, they would be, did you know that there are lots of people with bad theology and who misquote the Bible and then they talk about Jesus and people get saved? Do you know why? Because God's bigger. He doesn't need perfect theology from you to move in power. It's his gracious, mysterious plan and it's good. So, am I preaching yet today? I don't know. Okay. I think God uses people that we think are wacky to humble us, okay? The ones that tend to be judgmental, God's like using them or like, whatever. Okay, here we go. Moving on. Number two, second point. This full life is a grace-filled life. And this is what this is what Paul's getting after for these people. It's a grace-filled life. It's God's grace to you. You're forgiven. And it's God's grace through you. He wants you to be a vessel, a conduit of his grace. Let's just look at what the, the practical implications of that means in the passage. Right? Verse 12. He says... Clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, this is part of our devotional life. When you get ready in the morning, you do what I do, and you probably, maybe you, maybe you shower, maybe you brush your teeth, you kind of, you know, tussle your hair around, and then you put your clothes on. And that's an important part, okay? If you're going around without your clothes on, there's going to be problems for you, right? You might get fired. If you're working from home and the screen only shows this much of you, then maybe you can get away with a little bit less than the rest of us, okay? But you need to put your clothes on every morning. And what Paul says is, clothe yourselves. And when you're putting on your shirt in the morning, I just want you to put on your shirt Tenderhearted mercy, patience, humility, gentleness. When you put on your pants, put on your pants, right? When you, when you spray on your cologne, it's, just remember the fragrance of Jesus that needs to be on your life. He says, clothe yourselves in these things. God's done the forgiving work inside of you. God's done the mercy, the grace. He's filled you with his spirit. His his grace is upon you. Now you, your job, clothe yourselves. Put it on. I can't do it for you. Your wife can't do it for you. Your mom can't do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Your favorite TV preacher or podcaster can't do it for you. You have to clothe yourself with the grace of God. He says, tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I love this. Make allowance for each other's faults. What? And forgive anyone who offends you. You know why? Because God's made a lot of allowance for your faults. 
and he's forgiven you so many times. Did you know that you can be wrong in your rightness? Someone around you is faulty, and you're like, you are faulty. You are broken. That, that right there is wrong. You know what? I'm going to pull out my Bible. I'm going to tell you how wrong that is right now. I'm going to I'm gonna pull out some Old Testament prophets on you, okay? Because that is so wrong that it makes me crazy, right? And guess what? You're right that it was wrong. But according to the full life that Paul's saying, you're wrong in your rightness. You're wrong in your rightness because you're treating them in a way that's inconsistent with how God has treated you. Jesus died for you. That's how he dealt with it. He humbled himself, put all of your junk upon him on a cross, and then let Roman people pierce him to it, and then he died for you to forgive you and to wash it away. He didn't just scathe us for three and a half years and be like, deal with it, I'm gone. He washed us. So, husbands, wives, friends, family, coworkers, bosses, managers, make room for each other's faults. You're going to need a little grace space, some room. I got more. So, above all, clothe yourselves with love. More clothing. Put it on. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I love this because this is the secret sauce of Christianity. It's the love of of Jesus. It's the self-giving, sacrificial, sin-covering, fully accepting, holy, merciful, and good love of Jesus Christ, and you can put it on. You can clothe yourselves in it. And it has the power, this is crazy, it has the power to bind us together in perfect harmony. Did you know that? Some of you are Republicans, and some of you are Democrats. Some of you are liberal, and some of you are conservative. Some of you, you, you shop at Walmart. And some of you will never shop at Walmart because it just makes you crazy. You are able to be bound together in perfect harmony even though you're all really different. All of us. And the only way it's going to happen is if we learn more about tolerance. That's not what it says. The only way it's going to happen is if we, if we have better education. The only way it's going to happen is, you know, if, if we 
like lower truth down to where truth doesn't exist anymore and then we can all just say, oh, just do whatever you want to do. That's not what it says. None of those are solutions that work. The only thing that has the power to bind humanity into perfect harmony is the gracious love of Jesus. It's the full life that he's called us to. And we have the power to put it on. Only God's love can do this. This is why. This is why the church is God's plan A for humanity. This is why I planted a church because I want to embody that. I want to embody the love of Christ in such a way that people would come in and they're like, I don't know what it is. It's kind of weird there, but I feel like I'm with God when I'm with those people. It's why we plant house churches and we, we send you guys out to lead communities in your homes because I want, I want friends and neighbors to come in and say, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm with God when I'm with these people. There's something different. And it's the love of Christ, which is exactly what Paul says Next, in verses 16 and 17, he says, let the message about Christ in all its richness, here's our word, fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other. You have the, you have the ability to teach and counsel each other with the wisdom that God gives Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, I love that, whatever, whatever else you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. The last thing I want to tell you, when your life is this full it's going to spill out of you in the best possible ways. When you've received the goodness of God, the, the grace of Jesus, the gospel into all of life, it's just going to come out of you, right? This message is going to come out of you. You're going to start caring about what people are going through, and you're going to give them counsel from whatever wisdom God gives you. You're gonna, you're gonna come into worship. We're gonna sing songs and there's something in you that's like, I can't help myself. Like, I gotta sing. I, I've, I'm, I'm gonna raise my hands right now because there's something going on in my heart. And I, it's just spilling out of me. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and thanksgiving. <laughs> I believe we're going to have we're going to have heaven touching earth anointed spirit filled spirit led I'm in a puddle on the floor kind of moments with God together when this begins to bubble up in us you don't need a certain song you don't need a certain you know vibe of the music you need a heart that's full of Jesus. 
And then all of a sudden, worship gets really, really good. It's amazing. So, my friends, this full life that God has chosen you to experience and walk in, it's, a, it's God's gracious, mysterious plan for you. It's a grace-filled life, and it's going to spill out of you in the best possible ways. Let me close. I began this series with a challenge. Um, and I said, this is going to be like pretty much the entire series. This is going to be something you have to like deal with. And it's this. Will you let, allow God's word to redefine your vision of the full life? Because some of you are in survival mode right now. And some of you have been chasing a different vision of what you thought was the full life. And it's wearing you out. You, you've, you've picked up a heavy yoke and you're trying so hard to make it all come together. And I just want to say that this is the vision be so filled with the love and grace of God to clothe yourself in it, to make allowance for other people, to really love others. This, my friends, is the vision. And I think that we all have to look at our hearts and realign ourselves with God's ways. And we do that through confession and repentance. I just want to echo back some of the things that we've talked about. Some of you might need a fresh vision of God's grace for you. You need to behold Jesus again. Your heart needs to connect with him again because it, it's become stale to you and old news, not good news. You need a new vision. You've run out of grace for others. And I've been through such a humbling season with coronavirus. And I think it was the humility that let my heart reconnect with Jesus in that way. That's how it seems like God always wants to bring us back to that place over and over again, to humility. And so I just want to invite you lower <laughs> so that you can get a fresh vision of God's grace for you. Some of you, you need to pull yourself out of the Savior's chair. You're not meant to carry that. You're not God. You're just a creature. You need to pull yourself out of the Savior's chair. You can't save your child. You can't save anyone. But you can clothe yourself in the love, in the mercy, in the grace of God. And you can trust that God has a good, gracious, mysterious plan. Amen? Some of you need to deal with how offendable you are. You're so offendable. You're always getting angry about everything. Are you tired of that? Maybe you just need to start making some room for people. You need to, you need to say, okay, this is, this is humanity I'm dealing with here. I need to set my bar appropriately for humanity here. God, I, I have high expectations of God. 
All of you other people, I'm not so sure about, okay? <laughs> Let's be honest, because we all have faults, and we're going to have to make room for each other. Lastly, there's a spiritual authority that comes into your life when you begin to do the things that Paul's talking about. If you, if you live this way, what's going to happen is when you say things about God, everyone's gonna stop and look at you like, whoa, that was weighty. And it's not because you're smarter or you're a you know, super Jesus person. It's just that you've been spending time in the presence of God. You need to form a habit of the presence of God in your life where you daily clothe yourselves in Jesus. That may look like scripture reading every morning. I highly recommend that. It may look like just prayer. But if that gets stale, you need to find a way to do something else where your heart connects to Jesus again so that you can clothe yourselves. Because what's going to change the world is not like cool church plants and preaching and great kids ministry and all that kind of stuff. Those are, those are second, third, fourth, way down the line kind of things. What changes the world is Jesus in you. When your friends and your neighbors and coworkers get around you and they feel like they've been in the presence of God, guess what's going to happen? People are gonna start flocking into churches again. They're gonna start showing up at your house, church. It's just something's going to shift. But it doesn't happen just because we just waited around for a long time. It happens because we daily said, Lord, I love you. I need you. I need your presence. And I desperately need to clothe myself in you today. We need to form a new habit. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To contact us or find out more information, visit rin-church.org.